Oh, yeah. As we know, marriage is under attack in our society, so we have got to be intentional about building the best marriages we can. Today's guests, John and Julie Heinen, will be sharing some practical strategies to help you and your sweetheart to be happier in your marriage. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, and today we are talking with John and Julie Heinen about some ways to be happier in your marriage. John and Julie Heinen have been married for over 12 years and reside in the Dallas-Fort Worth area with their five lovely children. John currently runs the online ministry for men, The Catholic Gentleman, and hosts their weekly podcast, and that's in our show notes. John currently—I'm sorry, I'm going to pause. No, it's good. Okay. So bio redo. I'm just going to do the next, go right to the next line. Great. Okay. Julie holds a master's degree from the John Paul II Institute on Marriage and Family Studies and is currently researching and working on a book on responsible parenthood. Yay. Both John and Julie have been active in working to improve and support marriages within the church as well as their own. So it's just my joy to welcome John back to the show and to get to meet his beautiful wife, Julie. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so very much. It is an honor and a blessing to be here. Yes, it's terrific. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I don't know how you found the time. I know you guys are so busy. But just start us off, please, because we're right on the verge of Valentine's Day as we air this program. And I'd love to know how you guys met. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate it. Do you want me to? <laughs> I love oh, good. <laughs> I jump in. We were just talking, yeah. by the way, about how both people in every couple tell the story differently. So differently. we're going to hear the John version today. That's right. We're going to hear the John version. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what a God sent uh, and an amazing blessing. Julie is, and I say this frequently on my podcast and to friends and stuff, Julie's the best thing in my life. And I'm so incredibly blessed. So I was uh, discerning the priesthood and I was on five vocational list, right? This is um, how every good story starts. And um, <laughs> and I uh, was also a professional trumpet player and was playing trumpet. I got um, brought in to play for the Olympics in 2008 in, in China, in Beijing. And I met a violinist over there who was Catholic, and we connected with each other. And he was actually living in China, and so he was fluent in Mandarin, and he was able to show me kind of around, and it was, you know, out of my element, uh, except for playing trumpet. Um, and so it was a real great blessing to get to know him and meet him. So I came back to the States. I did another year at and my master's degree. I went back on another tour in China with a totally different orchestra performing Bach's B minor mass, which is just such an incredible mm. uh, work and such a blessing. He was over there doing mission work and teaching English with uh, his family, this violinist. And so I reconnected with him while I was in China. And then he found out I was moving back to Dallas-Fort Worth. And he said, well, if you like me, You'll love my brother and my sister, who both live in Dallas-Fort Worth. Would you be open to meeting them? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I think he was being um, very 
kind and, and grateful, like, oh, he's moving to Dallas-Fort Worth. I know people in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, at least that's what I was thinking. And I remember pulling <laughs> into uh, the front yard of the, well, into the, yeah, right in front of the house of this duplex. And I saw this incredibly attractive woman with a beautiful smile standing on the porch. And I immediately thought, I won't ever forget this, God willing. I was in the car and I looked out and I was like, he did not mention that his sister was attractive and about my age. <laughs> I, I remember thinking that, like I was just going to meet them. So I casually just thought that we were meeting and lo and behold, uh, that woman standing on the porch that saw me pull up is now my wife, Julie. And uh, we are incredibly blessed. Five kids with us and seven kids already entrusted to the infant love and mercy of God. And uh, 12, well, actually over 13 years later now, we known each other and uh, yeah. are incredibly happily married. So, Wow. Wow. That's yeah. just such a stunning story. I'm all a tingle. I, seriously, <laughs> I really am. Because I love, I've heard a number of stories where people find their spouse uh, through friends, through those kinds of connections. And also just in that moment of seeing her, that you were struck by her beauty. Um, that's so important because God speaks to us through beauty. And you had mm -hmm. that recognition of her, even though you didn't know her yet, you were already yeah. drawn. And that's just so beautiful. Yeah, no, it really is. And I couldn't say it better. I think that's exactly <laughs> it. And I, I did, I thought God was testing me because I was on this discernment list, you know, these vocational discernment lists. And I'm like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> but I'll say that when I asked her to marry me from that moment on, uh, there's just been a, it was a total knowing, you know, as it was actually a Franciscan Friar Renewal who mentioned that to me. It was like, like there was just a real knowing that mm. I was, this is my vocation. And, um, mm. and I do my best to wake up each morning and think about what I can do to make my wife's life better. I fail very <laughs> frequently, but I do try and prioritize those thoughts. Very much. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate. So did I miss anything? No, I just like to joke that he had to go all the way to China. <laughs> me. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Special ordered. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so everybody, as you're reflecting and you're hearing the story and you're thinking about your own, how did we meet? Mm -hmm. Just notice for the sake of your children that, God, as long as we're in motion and seeking God, He leads us where He wants us to end up. And we can yeah. trust that and not be so afraid for our children, because it's a scary world right now. But mm -hmm. God can be trusted in all our circuitous paths. Amen. Um, yeah, so praise God. Let's dive into some of the stuff that you guys have. You've done a lot of really intentional study and learning. So you, let's begin with personalities, temperaments, things like that. Why is that important? And how have you kind of mined those things for the sake of your marriage? Mm. Yeah, so I think That's we right. often say that we've read um, every book, their Catholic book especially, and, and even some non-Catholic books um, on marriage and on parenting. And it, this is one of those topics that we found right away, thanks be to God, and has been a huge help. So mm -hmm. I'm going to pass it over to my wife to start talking about the importance of temperament and uh, understanding the personalities of the other. Yes. Well, um, it is interesting just to echo that, you know, I'm a, a natural academic. That's how I like to solve problems. I like to go read about them and then fix them that way. 
And in my um, degree at the John Paul II Institute, I, I was always drawn to the person, you know, and, and the psychology of the person. And I was surprised by the reality of marriage in many ways. Um, and just that, you know, I thought I'm, I'm, you know, good Catholic, I'm, I'm mature, I'm capable. Why is this so hard? <laughs> I married mm-hmm. an incredible man. You know, why are we fighting about a shower curtain? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that was, I will always remember Lisa. That was my <laughs> first big fight with John. Um, he didn't like this mm-hmm. lovely white floral embroidered uh, shower curtain that I had chosen for our bathroom. <laughs> and, uh, there's a bit of disagreement. We were newly married. So like, okay, well, we'll pick something else. I could do this, but it continued to irritate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't really know how long. Maybe several weeks later, I just brought it up again. And John was like, you're still thinking about that? He's like, I haven't thought about that again. So yeah. we got a new shower curtain because he realized, oh, this was not important to me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And so, um, and then also, yeah, just I tend to be very analytical, but that also um, usually very emotional, I would say. And whereas my husband just is able to very quickly formulate on the, uh, uh, in the spot, like what he's thinking and feeling and I'm, I need a minute. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, I just realized um early on that a lot of the the things that we were kind of come that were points of conflict had to do with just the way we operate yeah yeah and that Mm -hmm. misunderstanding of each other was something that i had to learn as well and uh there are many examples and and reasons why but i do think that really diving in to understand uh, that it's not a moral question yes. about what your personality is and your temperament, right? It's not one is right and one is wrong. Uh, but not only are are the sexes complementarity, you know, the complementarity of the sexes, uh, we complement each other, but temperaments are, are very different as well. And there are men with similar temperaments as women and women with similar temperaments as men. But in the sacrament of our marriage, we had to better understand what our temperaments were and what our personality um, was and and better understanding that made it so much more effective at communicating and loving, you know, within our marriage. Yeah. Over the years, just realizing, you know, I'm in some ways more flexible than John, like for off the cuff gatherings, like, yeah, sure, let's go. And he's like, wait a minute, that wasn't what I was expecting. And just kind of learning how to extend mercies to each other, I guess, of, of timing and um, I don't know, difficulties. How, what would you add to that? Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I think that's exactly yeah. right. That we, if we're to give forth anything, it's understand that your spouse's personality is not right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It is who you fell in love with mm-hmm. and, and you have an obligation and a responsibility to better understand that personality so you can grow in love together. Right. Great point. Because we do enter into marriage with thinking about what's the right, what is marriage supposed to look like? What's the right way for my spouse to be with yes. me? And because yeah. it's so natural for us to look out through our own eyes, it can feel like the other person is willfully resisting <laughs> us and, and, and willfully oh, yeah. being blind to what we see naturally. <laughs> and so as when I work with uh, couples as a coach, I often see that once they start to do what you have done, which is to be able to step into each other's worlds and look through 
through each other's eyes at things to extend that mercy and to be compassionate. Now love is really happening in a much more intentional and elevated way because you're loving differently because of who God is has brought you together and joined you together with. And so you're honoring God's design in them. You're honoring God in them. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's so true. Well said. And, mm. you know, for a guy like me or most men, it, it's helpful to have kind of roadmaps and, and things of that nature. And really, while you were talking, and not only an affirmation, but also this thought of, of it's an opportunity that we men have, right? As men, we're called to be protectors, not only physically, but also spiritually and emotionally of mm. our spouse and of our children. And we don't think about that enough. And it was actually a great priest that that helped me early on in our marriage, probably the second year of our marriage. And here's the thing, we didn't have we weren't at all thinking about breaking up. We weren't at all thinking about um anything like that. We were we were truly madly in love. But in the second year of marriage, we both understood the importance of seeking help. And so we asked our priest as kind of like a, a non-biased third party to, we weren't close friends with him. We had, we, we, saw him as as a as a great priest and as a great mutually agreed yeah mutually agreed that he was <laughs> he would be a great one for us and and he helped me understand that i remember him just calling me out and he's like you don't do a good job protecting your wife emotionally and i was like wow. oh and it did it yeah. hit me and and um and so that was beautiful but again kind of going back is this roadmap and that opportunity uh we grabbed hold of that love languages right um dr mm -hmm. gary chapman he's he's not a catholic i know he's baptist or something like that but nevertheless from a psychological standpoint he had some truths right and that mm -hmm. roadmap was so helpful understanding the five different languages understanding my own and then understanding my wife's yeah. and then till this day I could think of back seven days, I have done an intentional time, my wife's love language being active service, uh, to do something that I didn't want to do or didn't care about, but I knew would make her feel better if I just did some service like cleaning or doing the bed or something like that. So what an act of humility too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, really such a blessing. So but it, and I just love her so much that it's it's honestly such again I opportunity just keeps coming to mind but such a such a privilege right to to be able to do these things and to live like this and to die to myself uh that being said it's it's not a bed of roses and it's not it's not sugar-coated which is why I think we just so proactively looked into these things because we knew that our love and the love that God had given us and was uniting us to um through our lady was just so binding but we just kept on having these these roadblocks and uh friction points yeah so. just both being strong personalities getting married in our late 20s you know it just yeah. it's a transition and a big one yeah. so yeah yeah it is and I, it's funny because i think sometimes my husband's a night owl and sometimes he wants to talk late at night and so i'll sometimes think i'll say to the lord thank you that I am the one that gets to listen to him. Mm, amen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I would not want to be in this life without him. So if it's late at night that I get to be the one to hear his heart, mm. then I'm going to hold my eyes open. Like <laughs> <this>. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. That's so true. That's lovely. Yeah, we, we, we can easily forget in the day to day how blessed we are and it's ter terrible to say but it can be useful to think about all the people who don't get to live their whole lives right. together i agree um for whatever reason and yeah. to know that we how Very blessed different. we are mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so so say a little more about this growing and understanding of yourselves and as you're seeking and each other um, and as you're working on your own faults and all of that, just take us more deeply into that idea. Mm, yeah, yeah um, so I do. I think as much as we're talking about um, kind of this high level, it's important to understand dying to self. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. You mentioned it. That is our requirement in life, right? Uh, it says so in scripture, and we have to embrace that humility, right? I know I always bring it up. St. Augustine said there's three virtues to heaven, humility, humility, and humility. And, uh, <laughs> and so we have to approach things from a standpoint of humility. And honestly, that can be really hard for men to do. I'm going to speak for men here. It can be really hard for men. Men often think they're right. They want to solve things. Um, on my episode with Dr. Greg Bataro, uh, recently, um, he mentioned we were talking about communicating effectively, uh, just briefly on the episode with your spouse. And he said, um, he has his five step plan of listening to your wife and solving her problems and never in the five steps you actually solve the problem you know and that's <laughs> but he that's tracks his, them yes, to the exactly, exactly and so but listening and being humble as you approach that is is so true and again having patience with your spouse and i know you guys have heard this stuff but maybe it's just a reminder for you as men we like to go directly to solutions we like to have a roadmap and mm -hmm. often it's hard for us to accept that we're wrong i was coaching a young man recently who it was very he was very quick to notice the sins and faults of others and i told him that the best way to get over that is to have a nightly examine where you're reflecting on the sins and faults of yourself, right? And so the more that we do that, the more humble we can, the more that we're trying to work on ourselves. And I'd like to leave and mention that to men and, and fathers and husbands that are listening. Yes. Yeah, and I just am also reflecting on that transition of not only becoming wife, but also mother, husband, and father. Like there's just, you know, it stretches so radically. And um, yeah, I mean, it comes to mind like that feeling of, oh, it's not fair. I have to do so many things and well, he should do more or vice versa. And just, um, yeah, I feel like God's really refined me and and being able to, yeah, again, extend mercy in the sense of like, hey, we're both exhausted. <laughs> this newborn mm -hmm. will not stop crying. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, I, one of us, we both need a break, but you know, today I'm going to say, Hey, honey, why don't you, you know, go out for a bit? Or, or he honestly does that for me a lot as well. And it's just like, yeah, that continued gift of self. Um, but then also being able to have good conversations of like, this isn't working. Like maybe we need to reach out and bring in an outside resource for a little while. Like we, I remember when, um, my mother, sent us a, a a cleaner for after a new baby. I was like, this is really helpful with our three under three. So I went to him as a budget conversation. Like um, this would really help right now if we could just have someone else manage this responsibility. And even though that wasn't, you know, exactly our goal, but it was like that, that suits, that was fitting for the moment and for him to extend that to me and just, um, you know, just those opportunities to, to serve, I guess, and be mm. open. So. Yeah. And I will admit yeah. that as much as my wife is complimenting me, she comes by it 
far more naturally than I do. This idea of gift giving and of of being aware of the needs of the other. You know, men come home exhausted and they just don't want to take care of the family or maybe they enjoy their family like I do and love love my family but the idea of like spending an hour or two hours praying with playing with the kids so that my wife can focus on something else is is hard and I I again she comes by it very naturally in reverse and seeing these needs of me and trying to um make the opportunity for yeah for bandwidth to 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 grow and be at peace so Mm. Would each of you just give a a, a brief example, uh, a kind of slice of life, of a moment where you did step into the other's world, where you stretched into that place of looking through each other's eyes, and and what that did for you, and you can fill in the blanks, my first gut is where it took you spiritually, or where it took you in your own awareness of God's love working in your marriage or something, but just one example of a place where you stretched and things shifted for you. Mm. I can jump in right, right away yeah. and say that I know exactly. <laughs> um, when I took care of my kids while my wife went on her first ever trip to her friend's wedding in Washington, D.C., and how many kids do we have at the time? Four. We had four, four kids at the time. And so I had to watch these four kids for three days. <laughs> and I was all sorts of, of I, I had a plan and my plan failed miserably <laughs> the first day. And then looking forward to the next two days was just like, this is never going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. I called my mom up, you know, it's like, I need help. And what were you in Houston? Yes. Yeah. So we were in yeah. Houston, so we didn't have family nearby. So, you know, it became like, a, I will be honest in my failings, I would set like a timer and i'd be like nice. okay the timer. the timer i would set the timer and i would be like uh 60 minutes and and it would just it would help me realize that that the future is coming <laughs> and that and that uh uh you know and and so if we could just take it bit by bit step by step and that was with four kids and i tell you i mean as as humorous as it is it truly was a comical uh situation and for me it was eye-opening for what my wife has to deal with especially as my wife already mentioned as an academic right where yes. like her mind is always clicking and thinking at you know super fast and about other different things and even this morning she was thinking about uh a new uh, a new endeavor, a new endeavor in which that, <laughs> in which to better the church actually and better families. That's exactly what wow. she was thinking about this morning. And nice. she was already writing things out and my mind doesn't work like that. And so knowing that she's having to die to herself, not just for three days, but like constantly, like even her weekends, she's having to die to herself, right? It's not like, I mean, I get to go away for nine hours a day and, um, and do you know my other work and then but she doesn't get those breaks you know and sometimes upwards to you know 100 days in a row you know who knows and while she's such a loving and amazing uh person for me that was that was really eye-opening and actually thank you for bringing that up because now i am reminded that it's time for my wife to to take a break for herself <laughs> and, and uh glad to be of service, service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for sure. But yeah, I appreciate that. And and that immediately comes to mind really quickly. So yes, and, and it was huge, like to get to go see college best friend get married. You know, that was, it meant so much. Um, 
to me. But you're just reminding me. Yeah, a lot of times it is the gift of of time and and support. And you know, I think that was one thing. Again, being a very impractical academic, you know, I didn't know that you don't just put a baby in the bed and it goes to sleep. I bought a book on sleep, baby sleep for every one of my babies because <laughs> I'm like, Aww. how do I do this? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then also just the domestic um, home management did not come naturally. It, we've, we've come a long way, but mm. it's still, you know, when I left that weekend, there wasn't this well-designed system that he could, that could support him and he could lean on. It was just like, figure it out. (laughs) But I guess, so yeah, uh, what I was getting back to though, is I didn't realize the unrelenting nature of motherhood and, you know, there isn't a nine to five. It's just that 24 seven. And so one thing I feel really grateful to have been able to support John over the years is in him continuing to play professionally and as a trumpet player for a symphony that was for most of that time, not local. So he would leave from anywhere from two days to five days um, every month during the school year. So- yeah. And uh, just to add to it, we were, had been a, I was playing in a professional symphony orchestra in Dallas and playing trumpet principally getting paid. And so having to perform and for seven years, we weren't living in Dallas for worth, but she allowed me to continue playing six, seven shows a year until I, I recently uh, resigned, but um, for the sake of my family, actually. And but but I will say that she was a saint, you know, I would I'd like be there in rehearsal playing, you know, um, Mozart or Bruckner or well, you know, Scheherazade or something along those lines. And I would just always be thinking to myself, you know, this opportunity has been sponsored by my wife, <laughs> because <laughs> she allowed me and she was always supportive too. it wasn't ever like I was putting a cross or a burden on no. her. She was always I wanted it for you. Very yeah. Nice. So that was a blessing. Mm, All right. Well, we're just going to pause for a brief sponsor message, and we will be right back with John and Julie Heinen. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right. We're back with John and Julie Hine, and we're talking about how to be happier in your marriage. And it's such a rich topic that just heads up, we'll probably go a little bit longer than we normally do today. We are really having fun. I hope you are too. Um, I want to talk about making decisions. Could you step us into what's that like for you to kind of get on the same page together, different people, different options? How do you sift through that all to come together and be unified in decision making? Yes, I'll I'll step yeah, in please. here. I just I think it's something that I thought would come more easily than it did because we were both, you know, found each other and we're so grateful to be entering into the same world of faith and um intention and desire for for what life will be and a vocation to marriage and so it just seemed like that was the hard part <laughs> and now we're good. So, um, yeah, but then trying to build a life with someone and really find out those things that are different and, and mostly things that are not, that, that are very practical and are not like moral pressing questions, but like, 
how do we decide our lifestyle or a career or should we move again, which we moved how many times? Seven, eight, seven times in in 11 years. Um, Wow. Yeah. I know. I mean, praying for God's will every single day. That's so right. it was never done, you know, on impulse, but yes. it was a lot. It was a lot. So, yes. Yeah. And just, um, you know, having a lot of emotions about, you know, another move or a possible change in careers. And should we take this opportunity? And it would be a bit overwhelming. And so what for me was a big turning point was discovering St. Ignatius of Loyola and his rules of discernment, because they're precisely for this kind of circumstance, for example, a move, you know, when you, when I think about that, it's like, yes, it's my hour free decision to make a move, but I I have a sense that God has a plan here, but how, how can I possibly know that plan without the lightning bolt? (laughs) And so um, the wisdom that is built into the rules of discernment. I couldn't say enough about how life-changing that was for me to give a framework to these very personal and uh, providential decisions. And then again, it was a way for us to concretely come together on 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 these major... Yeah, big decisions. And I mean, the big decisions can span everything from, you know, raising your children and, and continuing homeschooling and... Um, moving careers, uh, you know, by God's grace, welcoming another child in, into your family. I mean, these, these are big decisions. And sometimes you get this confluence of like three of them happening at once that yes. you got a, you, you got a new baby on the way and you've just been offered a new job, but you're going to have to move to take that yes. new job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so the Ignatian discernments are really helpful. Again, men, a roadmap, you know, but also beauty of the church and his tradition. Do I believe that St. Ignatius of Loyola knows how to discern God's will better than me? Absolutely. And so (laughs) am I going to learn from him? And so Julie grabbed this really incredible book, if you want to talk briefly about it, um, that was very helpful. Yeah, it was just a book that came out in a study group I was attending, and it's called What's Your Decision by Father... um, Sparrow. I'll yeah. put it in the show notes, hopefully. Um, yeah. But it was just, you know, I'd never seen anything like this. And another thing, you know, just in terms of being on the same page, like, yeah. for example, making a, a discernment that I saw was right in front of me. I, I intuited what the right thing was, you know, another move. I didn't want it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think that also in this particular guide, it makes room for that. It makes room for a spouse that, you know, will get there, but just needs to process the emotions of it or, or think it through, you know, for the different, yes, of course, very multifaceted um, event. So mm. I, I felt like it made room for, for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sense. I agree. And I think within that, it made an un- better understanding for me as well, right? Because very often guys can come to things with this understanding of like, well, she'll get with it, right? Like this mm-hmm. decision I made, or I'm I'm the head of the family, or some sort of trump card uh, mm-hmm. that we play. But that's not yeah. love, right? That's that's not that's not unity. That's not an understanding of the full dignity of your wife. And actually, I think that's a misunderstanding of of the authority and spiritual head, or the head of of the father's role, husband's role in the family. Um, but I just, uh, for me, it was very helpful because again, 
humbly trusting that St. Ignatius of Loyola knows so much more than me, and us bringing that to the front was uh, has been has been so helpful for us to go through and realize that there is this balance. You know, we all are, we're on we're on the same team. Yes. Right. And we remind each other of that almost we every week. We're on the same team, right? Same team. Satan right. wants us to be divided. He wants us to be in competition. And he works really hard as he does and has had so much success in society, as you mentioned in the opening. And um, but but we have to fight against that. And so I would just add to the spiritual um component, the spiritual discernment in Signatures Lola, is that it's okay to ask for help when you're making these decisions. Yes. And well, we already mentioned earlier that we found uh, kind of a non-biased priest, but we've actually always, like when we moved to Kansas City, we found a priest there that we loved and he was likewise non-biased and we could both talk to him separately or we could talk to him together. And he was a great holy man and we knew that and we knew that he wanted our salvation first and foremost. And if that's the case, then he's going to guide us appropriately, whether it offends and hurts me or, you know, vice versa. And we kind of had that understanding and then um obviously prayer as a family we'd be remiss not to mention the importance of daily prayer as a family and our ongoing uh, novena to saint joseph well i'll let you tell the story yeah we just we prayed for two and a half years an incessant novena to saint joseph uh about career about my job and we weren't looking in the sense of should i leave this job it was I need a full career to support my family with like health benefits. <laughs> and it took two and a half years after having children to um, to get that full job. So I was a professional trumpet player and we were real scrappy and we were doing everything <laughs> we could and, and living very poor and, and very minimalist, thanks be to God. And that being said, we never stopped praying this incessant novena. We never stopped praying the rosary, never stopped praying in the morning and in, in supporting each other in, the, in our individual prayer time in the morning. And that was so good at helping make big decisions. So those three things, I would say consistency in prayer and that, that supportive prayer, that finding somebody who can help you and, and that Ignatian discernment um, can be really helpful and necessary for these big decisions. Wow, wow. And I guess, you know, I hear all the time from my coaching clients that they have trouble finding spiritual directors. How on earth have you yeah. known? Can you just say one or two attributes of the priests that you've approached? What did you see in them that led you to them? Great. Uh, faith was the first and foremost, right? We saw men of deep holiness and deep faith who were like living the example. They weren't afraid to be walking around wearing their 33 button cassock all the time. They weren't after mass, you would see them on their knees praying. Um, during the homily, you would see that they weren't afraid to, to give direct comments and direct um, direction, uh, very honestly to, to individuals. But there is that, you know, come and see sort of opportunity. I don't, don't get me wrong, right? So if we had, we recognize that in these different priests and praise be to God, we've always had one. And it's always been different. Like one of them down in Houston wasn't our uh, direct pastor, but he was the vicar of the diocese who was friends with us when we used to live up here and um and that's what it was so we were i guess always looking for that and needing that in the church's guidance but that being said 
I can I can strongly state if we were to show up and we weren't really getting direction or we were getting, you know, kind of a biased view or there wasn't really that call and growth upwards to holiness, uh, we would have looked elsewhere. And, um, you know, so I do think that's important. And I would mm-hmm. add that we've certainly had important conversations with with friends and mm-hmm. other married couples. Yes. You know, absolutely. Especially ones that have gone through it before yes. us. Yeah, exactly. Like Those, a decade ahead of us. Yeah. What absolutely. matters? What doesn't? You know, how would mm-hmm. you look at this? You know, that would yeah, that was hugely helpful. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and I think we have to ask because for some reason in our society, we have this American individualism. We are afraid to ask. Yeah. And people, even more so, were afraid to offer help. Yes, agreed. And truly, some of the greatest wisdom that I have ever received has been about marriage, has been from the mouth of a priest. Um, I'll, I'll quickly say I was in uh, the confessional once. I'm not going to say my sins, but I was in the confessional <laughs> once. And the priest said, how old are your kids? And I told him, and they were, only one was above the age of reason, and the rest were all younger. And he said, so we have to remember, John, he's like, when they offend, when they're offending, he goes, they're offending you, they're not offending God. And I was like, oh, nice. you know, and it was a really, and it was from the mouth of a priest. And I remember just being like, it's so true, right? I must, I have to have more meekness. I have to have more mm-hmm. patience, you know, with my children and more love as God does for them. And so anyways, um, yeah, all really great points. Yeah. And we have to remember those priests grew up in families and they hear everything yes. all the time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Any follow-up comment on that one, Julie? Um, I was glad you got to hear that. <laughs> yeah, but looking to people who are older who are willing to give advice, that's a good point. Unfortunately, some people aren't or, you know, they have this sort of, um, they're too hard on themselves. Yeah. But that Julie's comment was really helpful and good because we do have a couple uh, individuals that are a decade or so ahead of us, mm-hmm. and um, they're always so filled with wisdom, having experienced it. And that's mm-hmm. that on a frequent. I mean, I'm not talking like just once a year. Like it can be once a month that you that you connect with someone in some shape or form. So, yeah, I almost want to have standing for happy marriages gatherings with our friends on a regular basis, where we just come locked and loaded with an attitude of love, never mm-hmm. of criticism, just yeah. to share what God is teaching us that is helping us to grow in holiness or whatever that might be. Yeah, uh, and you're reminding me, a good friend of mine shared about how she really seeks to champion uh, people's anniversaries. She said, it doesn't take much to make it from one birthday to the next. You just have to keep breathing. But to make it another year in your marriage, like that requires a lot of love and service so we need to really support that and and support each other so wow i love that i love that as we're starting to wrap up um i'd love to just hear what remains unsaid here or what still kind of is the holy spirit holding out to you that you'd like to share in the last few minutes you know just as i think about um living this mission with my husband and just you know, and and it's such a frantic culture. The the stressors just are just keep coming all the time. And so one thing I guess is my New Year's resolution of this new year of 2023 is just to try and create more bandwidth in our home um, through, you know, us taking better care of ourselves, uh setting time aside more regularly to just 
unplug with the kids and, um, you know, set aside, you know, so-and-so's problem at school or, or a big household task, but just like be together, you know, and, and try and build that family culture at home, I think. And then again, offering those, um, moments of service to each other to, to refresh. So, um, and then, yeah, trying, I also have been thinking a lot about the mental load, you know, for example, of, um, yeah, the daily schedule starting back up in the school year and things and just trying to be more efficient (laughs) so that the the everyday tasks aren't taking up so much of my mental space. So Mm, I love the resolution to have more, more margin or more bandwidth to find ways because you two did that financially for a long time. So John could play music. And now it's about time. It's about space. And I love that you also said to be together, that Mm. it's not necessarily about doing but being. Yeah, absolutely. And just to dote on my wife a little bit more is that when I gave up playing trumpet recently, she's made a point that each um, mm. concert that I used that I would be having, we do a family day. Like we focus on the reason why I gave that up, you know, for oh, for a better time and more that. time with my family. And so these little things are really helpful. The final thought that I would just like to leave is the example that you're setting for your children. It can't be overstated. We're all hearing this, but but we are setting the example of what love is, what sacrifice is, what suffering together is, and the unity of all of those things that I just mentioned. And that's so important because our kids are always watching us. They are always paying attention Mm -hmm. to us and they are always learning from us. And if they don't learn from us, they're not going to know to seek that in the world or to expect that of the world. Mm -hmm. And so this is so important for us within our marriages is to not only just to add that level of responsibility that that you're called to love your spouse you know and and that love goes forth to your children whether you're verbally directing them or just living by your witness and they see us they see us apologize to each other they see us apologize to them they see us constantly show signs of affection um uh with each other they see us discern things they know oh mom and dad are sitting down with a piece of paper and they've got the pros and cons sheets out and they <laughs> they see that example and that example is training and forming them for what life is and for our relationship with each other and with God within that life. So mm, so good. So mm. good. So exciting to be a part of a conversation like this with you. And I can't help hearing the word mystery, the mm. mystery of the other, um, being willing to keep discovering that and making mistakes and rediscovering and showing mercy, the mystery of the faith, the mystery of discernment. So much about this is not uh, a checklist that we can just mark off. It's it's an active sense of love exploring mystery together. And yeah. so that humility that it takes to enter into mystery, what a profound example for your children. Yeah, amen. Lisa, just thank you so much. I mean, we really appreciate you and and you, you. bringing bringing us on, but also bringing this conversation to light. And it's 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 so needed, and we need more of this. We need to you know kind of flood the digital space with these conversations because people just don't have that support, as you were mentioning. They just don't have people to turn to and to look to. And so you know, thanks be to God for what you're doing. Yeah, I've been I've thought so much about just the need for a culture of encouragement, and that's exactly what you're doing. So thank you.
Thank you so much, both of you. Really appreciate you. And thank you for the affirmation. We don't get affirmed enough. And so really appreciate them. We'll receive that in the grace of the Holy Spirit and, and know that God is speaking to all of us through us, for us, in us, and through us uh, to each other. And so I really play, pray that everybody listening is very blessed um, and by your witness and by this, the, all the love that is apparent in this conversation. So God bless you, John and Julie, your family, and, and all that you do, and would love to have you back and do another conversation about <laughs> marriage another time, because I feel like we could have gone on a lot longer. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and I would love to do it when, when it's convenient for you. But everybody, have a most blessed and sweet Valentine's Day. And if you're hearing this long after Valentine's Day, have a sweet Valentine's Day anyway. Uh, and like may that. God yeah. bless you. <laughs> bless. And thank you so much for being with us. Thank Bye, everybody. you. Thank you. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us. <laughs>